0: All right. So here we go. Um, Last week, we started a series on the fruits of the Spirit titled Got Fruit. Um, I introduced the series last week and I shared that that the fruits of the Spirit, there are nine of them that we're going to go through over these next weeks. Uh, They're not so much something that we do as they are something that God does in our life. And I shared with you last week that I have invited some people to, uh, from our church family to come and share about um, some of the fruits. And uh, we're going to start with that today. So um, in a moment, Michael Wozniak is going to come up, and I, some of you might know Michael. Um, so Michael and I met, uh, gosh, probably seven, eight years ago. We were both kind of uh, early in our journeys that uh, brought us here. And uh, Michael and I connected in some things, and he moved away. I think he will tell a little bit about that. Um, then he came back uh, recently, uh, has a job in town, and, you know, found his way back to Lighthouse Church, and we've been uh, meeting and visiting, and he's also uh, been involved in our ministry. And um, I, I just kind of want to tell you about the season of life that I think we're in. By the way, by we, I mean me and you, Okay. Uh, we're in a season of life in this church where um, I, I see these next years as an opportunity uh, to help um, in, inform and um, call into and walk alongside people who might be exploring spiritual gifts for ministry of one sort or the other, and um, you know depending on the the person and the gifts. You know, talk about doing uh, various things. So, um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to hear from Claire again, who's downstairs and she's uh, helping with children right now, but she's going to share about one of the fruits, and um, James is going to share on a fruit. And so, um, you know, I just want to just let you know that, you know, this is not going to be a a, a weird or abnormal thing in our church in the future. So, uh, when I talk to um, James, And Claire and Michael, I said, you pick a fruit. You can pick one that, like, God's really done this in my life. Or you can pick one that maybe, yeah, this is one God's working on in my life. And so uh, Michael picked the first. I don't think because he wanted to get it done first, but because uh, this is one that's important to him. So come on up, Michael. Everybody smile at him and be nice to him. And welcome uh, Michael. (laughs) <laughs> Good, morning. <clears throat> Good
1: morning. I'm going to sit, otherwise I will be anxiously rocking back and forth. So, hope you guys are okay with that. <laughs> um, so, we'll just start off. Um, my name is Michael Woznicky. I just came out here to Lighthouse, and like Dale said, um, serve. It's an opportunity that came to me, so I said yes. So, here we are. If we could start off, I'll start off with the question, what does love mean to you?
0: So when I uh, came into recovery, I'm Kai, I'm alcoholic. Um, so when I came into recovery, my view on love was skewed at best. And uh, so I'm sitting there doing my fourth and fifth step, and I'm thinking through what, what it actually means to me. And what it means to me is if I am directly affected by your joy or your sorrow, then I know that I love you.
1: I'm Jim, addict-alcoholic. I like the question. Um, One thing I've learned in treatment, several treatments, I had to learn how to love myself first before (laughs) others. Thank you. Julie. Um, Love, you know... I love my children unconditionally that's a given everybody knows what that feeling feels like but you know at 48 years old I still don't know that I truly know what it is to love somebody that isn't in my family you know like a real love and I'm still figuring it out but I I pray that I figure it out one day sometime soon would be preferable <laughs> Loving your friends and yourself. Amen.
0: Amen. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug
1: addict. Uh, love has been something that I've struggled with, but I've come to find is, uh, you know, of course we've got to learn to love ourselves first, but it's a very selfless thing. And it's about giving back what God has given to us, to other people you know, to to heal them, to strengthen them, you know, and and put yourself last and them first. Thank you. A couple more. One more. Oh. Hi, I'm Missy. Um, Kindness and respect. I think even if you don't. Have loving feelings toward others. If you show them kindness and respect, you can extend love through your actions. Any more? No. Okay. We're good. Thanks. <clears throat> okay. So a little history. Um, I was born in Minot. I got married, went to Dickinson, got a divorce really quickly, um, came out to Fargo, found recovery, went back to Dickinson to try to find this girl, um, which never happened, thankfully. Um, Came back out here due to a job and a career and found myself at Lighthouse, where I've been kind of planted and and growing and, and, um, yeah, part of the family. So oddly enough... Pastor Dale asked me if I would like to preach on the fruit of the Spirit. Instantly, my first thought was joy, right? Like, that's something that's very easy. It's very evident. Um, there's not a whole lot to explain with it. And then he kind of challenged me a little bit and, and the group and said, why don't you uh, p- try preaching on something that you're not, so, like, that where you're working or an area that, of your life that God might be working in. And I instantly thought love, um, much like most people, I don't know if I knew what love was too. I didn't know if it was correct love. I just, I wasn't aware. Um, however, so the crazy thing about all this is, God, I believe, is a God of numbers, and He has shown this in significant ways in my life with dates. My baptism was on two twenty two, and my sobriety date's eleven eleven, and Dale asked me to preach on three sixteen. So I instantly was like, how could I say no to that? You know, like, that's pretty much your sign. Say yes. So here we are. Uh, John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For me, this is the first sign of God and his love, not only for me but for us. Without this, there isn't, in, you know, a true godly love. You know, we... We love because he first loved us. And I, and I believe that wholeheartedly. The scripture we're reading on is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is where my mind instantly went when you think of love. For me. And a lot of other people have come to me throughout the last two services saying the same thing. Um, it's on page 957 in the church Bibles if you guys want to follow along. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noising gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor, and even sacrificed my body, I could boast it. I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would, gain, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient, kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures, Through every circumstance, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child, but when I grew up, I put away childish things." Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All I know is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God know, now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So obviously that's where my mind instantly goes when it, whenever I think of, you know, love in scripture. Um, during this week of preparing for this message, I actually had a, a conversation with my sponsor. I was sitting down and I was talking to him about love, my divorce, and, you know, my, my relationship with my ex-wife. And for the first time, it just it, it came out in conversation that I didn't love her. Um, I, I, I'd been saying that I loved her, that, you know, I loved her correctly, and all these other things. But when it, for, for the first time, I was like, you know what? I didn't love her. If I was to go in here and look in Scripture... I, w- I did not love her, you know? So basically, that relationship, in, in my opinion, and all coming up to that, that led to that, are a lie. Um, after the first Bible study and conversation that I had with Dale brought up the fact that I didn't know how to love as God would have me love. And these two things were very evident with, like, very quickly when I, when I first came to the church. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm here. Um, the Greek word for love is agape, which is um, from the Encyclopedia Britannica. I did not come up with that definition at all. Not my doing. However, it means the fatherly love of God for humans, also the human reciprocal love for God. So now if I was to, to go back, right, and, and read the biblical definition thirteen four through 8, which was... Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no wrong of being keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. If I was to take that that force uh, passages and put that with my, my, my life, I don't love correctly. I don't know what the true meaning of love is. And for me, I think that that's something that I have to recognize in order for me to move forward in my journey of love is to understand that what I'm doing isn't working. After learning and, or I think that most people and myself included, think of this word as an intense feeling or an emotion, which on the surface it can be, but biblically, Paul tells us that love isn't merely a feeling but a way of relating to others. After learning this, while preparing for this sermon, God brought me to this website that shared something very unique about this passage. And again, this confirms God of Numbers. Um, Paul lists eight things that love embraces and also eight things that love resists. Love embraces, obviously, patience, kindness, truth, resilience, faith, hope, endurance, and perseverance. And it resists envious, um, being boastful, arrogant, rude, selfishness, or, you know, insisting on getting your own way, anger, um, resentment, wrongdoing, and rejo- like doesn't re- it rejoices in doing the wrong things. And that's something that, you know, was very clear in my life was that I, re- I was rejoicing and, and chasing the, the wrong things. Now, if I was to give myself honest feedback to this passage of scripture, I would say that I honestly haven't loved, like I said, in quite some time. Growing up as a child, my love was conditional. It was material. It was more, what could you do for me? Selfish, self-centered. I I was never thinking of others or thinking of outside of myself on how could I love this person or, or this individual. Is what do you got for me? What can you do for me? Right. And then as a teen, it started turning into more lustful relationships or sexual behaviors, which lasted through the first relationship to the last relationship I've had. It's been very evident. Then um, God entered my life. And once Jesus, you know, came into my life, it changed everything. Um, immediately I was in a, a relationship where we got engaged. I instantly separated from the, the sexual and started praying for pureness And all sexualness and and the uh, lustful thoughts separated us. Um, Once we got divorced, I asked and prayed God to not allow me to have any sexual relationships until I could properly love, honor, and respect the next girl that comes into my life. He has truly honored that prayer, and I have not had a relationship in the last seven, eight years. Um, because I'm not sh- I don't know how to yet, and it's okay, and I understand it. However, that doesn't necessarily mean I haven't tried. <laughs> God honored the prayer. I sometimes don't honor the prayer, right? Um, but he's been faithful in that. He truly has, you know, and I'm human, right? I'm going to hit my head against the wall a couple times <laughs> before I realize that that's not what God's will is for my life right now. And I'm, I'm grateful for that because I did not want to hurt another girl in my life. That was, that was where my heart was when I, when I first got saved. It was just, don't hurt them anymore, you know? Learn how to love. Be there for somebody. Be there for yourself, you know, before you can be there for somebody else. Um, praise God, though, that he answered that prayer. Really, seriously. Um, So that was the one thing outside of my substance use that I really prayed and yearned for was the connection to, with another, uh, the opposite sex to be healthy and godly and not to be worldly or what I want, you know? And that he would honor that and the one to come and to prepare the one to come for the same thing, you know? And I only bring this up because what this brought me to today is learning how to love God, myself, and others in, in that order. You know, um, Matthew 22, 37 through 39, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right? So if I'm honest... Am I truly loving those around me as I would want to love myself or would have them love me? And most of the time, if I compare myself to that scripture, I'm falling up. Sh- I'm coming short. This has put me on an eight-year journey of finding and learning and growing as an individual. I was lost in life once I got sober. I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I, my purpose was in life. However, I did know two things for certain— one, I love Jesus. I love everything to do with Jesus and to talk about Jesus. Two, I have a deep desire for recovery. I love to talk to people about all aspects of addiction and recovery. No matter where you're at in the journey, I will sit and listen and I will give you the, the, my experience through my journey. You know, those two things will light me up like no other. You know, so that's where I'm at today. Um... And if if you ask anybody that knows me or has been around me long enough, they will tell me that sometimes it can be a bit much. Um, Ask my mother. She's gotten an ear beating for the last eight years about Jesus' recovery and everything I'm doing in my life. And God bless her for just sitting there and just letting me get it out my chest, you know? Um, Immediately, I rolled into school as a huge leap of faith, trusting that Jesus would lead me through it, and which he did. Praise God. Um... I I decided to go to school in an outpatient treatment center. You know, I was just sitting there, and I'm like, well, I think I could make a career out of this. Got out, or I enrolled in school that very next day after having that thought, and ended up relapsing. And through my relapse, I stayed with my schooling, got sober, and continued my schooling. And I'm thankful for that. Um, God gave me the ability to make a choice in my life, and he he gave me the, the strength and the power to endure that choice. I've been able to maintain my sobriety today. Uh, There's been ups and downs throughout all of my sobriety. I can say that I've truly learned the wrong way in most aspects of my journey, Um, especially through my recovery and my early childhood. My my parents would tell you, I learned the hard way. I'm stubborn. I'm hard-headed. And I've got to get there the hard way. It's just the way it is. In order for me to learn this is so sweet, I have to learn that this isn't so sweet (laughs) for me. None of this wouldn't be possible without three key spiritual principles that I hold dearly to my heart. Um, This has opened the door for a new life that I truly live today that is beyond my wildest dreams. Some of you might know them and others might not, but they are honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Um, I was so closed-minded and not honest about myself or those around me that, you know, this truly changed who I was. These these three spiritual principles have paved the way for a program of action and a new design for living for me. Last week I was just talking with my sponsor and I shared with him that without this in my life I would still be praying, hoping, and wishing that my disease would just poof, be gone, right? And that I wouldn't have to do anything in regards to, to getting there. Um And... Honestly, I would still be praying with my Bible, asking God to do it, and yet refusing the help that comes my way. And that has changed my life. I was not a person of action prior to coming into recovery. I truly wasn't. But I got a joke for you. This is for Dale. It truly was. It came to me when I was writing this, and I was like, okay, I'll put it in there. Um, There are three frogs on a log Two decide to jump off how many frogs are on the log gosh, you guys are good. I thought I was going to get at least one. Okay, another joke. A guy is sitting on the roof of his house during a flood. A guy in a canoe comes up, offers, a, offers him a ride, and the guy says, no, it's okay, I'm waiting on God. Same thing, a guy on a boat comes up. This guy gives him the same answer, I'm waiting on God. Another guy shows up in a helicopter, drops a rope, and tells him to grab the rope, and he says, no, thanks, I'm waiting on God. The guy ends up dying on the roof of his house. Goes up, asks God, "Why didn't you save me?" And he says, "I sent you a canoe, a boat, and a helicopter, but you said no, right?" And that's so evident in my life. I can pray for for the uh, the right answers. I could pray for the people to come in my life, but the moment it happens, then they're just like, "Nope," you know. And that was very clear and evident in early in my recovery. I was constantly saying, "Nope, God's going to do it," you know. And they're like, "No, he, I'm here," you know. Um, but he has put me. Uh, put some people around my life to truly, you know, help me and guide me along my journey. Uh, this has opened my, my heart, my mind, and my soul to just about anything that that could possibly bring me to a deeper love of Jesus, whether it's books, programs. I mean, if you, if you know me or seen me in the community, um, I'm tied to a lot of community programs, whether it's AA, Al-Anon, Celebrate Recovery, Living Free Program, um, CR, Bible Studies, anything that can... Can help me grow, I will be a part of it. Um, my sponsor always tells me, you can never be too spiritual, you know? And and I, I think should, that's true. I believe it. Um, my struggle right now, not going to lie, is accepting people where they're at, um, with patience, tolerance, and love. Sometimes I can get ahead of people. I can, I can wish and, and guide and, and put my will into your life and want you to go where I'm at, right? Instead of just walking you through your journey, I just kind of push you. And that's kind of where my struggle is right now that I'm trying to grow through. However, I do know and believe that God will fill me with his spirit because his, prom, his word remains true and God is faithful. So Matthew five forty three through 48. This is something that God added at the very end of the sermon that I was not aware of, and I'm glad that he brought it to my to my, my attention. It says, Love your enemies. You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be called children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are you not even the tax collectors doing that? Or not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than, than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Um, and this, I mean, if you want to see Jesus, you know, come alive in a Christian or, or the, that follows the Lord and, and, lo- and loves Jesus watch him love on his enemies as Jesus would. I really truly believe that this can confuse a lot of people, right? How would you love this person? How would you continue to put yourself in a situation where you just continue to love on this person who's persecuting you, right? Or has ill intentions for your life. Um, One thing that I truly believe is it's not my job to, you know, judge the heart. My job is to love the person. You know, I'm not just to, to say they are righteous or unrighteous. They're here for my good or not my good. That's not for me to understand or know. God put me here in their path so that I would, may love them as he would and as he's loved me. So I believe and truly believe that in my journey, this has been fruit that God's been bearing a lot in my life. This is where he's been working on me. And I'm glad that I chose this fruit because it's opened my eyes to what he's doing in my life, you know, and like I said, that's only the Holy, only the Holy Spirit can can produce that kind of fruit. Um, like I said, to love and have compassion um, on these individuals, with the same understanding of, you know, my heart was in the same place. It was hardened. It wasn't. It was evil. It was perverse. You know, it was lustful. It, it wasn't following the things of God. And I need to understand that. I was once there, you know, and for the, you know, by his grace, hopefully I, I, I stay where I'm at and I don't have to go back, you know, and harden my heart again. Um, and two, God's got it all under control. Like he said in the scripture, right? He gives reign to the righteous and the unrighteous. It's not for me to determine who's getting growth, who's not growing, who's going backwards, who's going forward. It's not my job. Um, my job is to live my life one day at a time and keep my side of the street clean. That, for me, is enough. It's hard enough for me to just keep track of what Michael's doing and what Michael needs to do versus what you guys have to do and what, I, what you need to do, according to me, right? So that in itself is a full-time job for me, you know. That's also a blessing that the Lord has given me is to keep or to get my side of the street clean and to also maintain it. Um, I've never had that thought in my mind to clear the wreckage of my past. If there's one takeaway, I would challenge you guys to sit back and reflect honestly where you're at with your journey in love. If there's one thing that I could say after doing what was put in front of me, and thankful that I did do this, it has opened my eyes to a lot of things, is John fifteen five? Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing right so follow Jesus and he can do the rest all I need to do is you know the things that he's put me to, called me here to do um, you know remain in him and I've noticed that in my, my journey because like I said I learned the hard way that if I'm not in him I'm not producing any fruit I'm that same you know nasty aggressive ugly person that was in my addiction just sober without substances and he's not evident in my life. Um, so my takeaway and my struggle is I have a really hard time with negative self-talk. I'm, I have very low self-esteem and I have very low to no self-worth when I came into recovery. And this is something that I still struggle with today. I truly do. Um, I will be the first person to sit you down and encourage you right, build faith within you and, and, and help build a belief within yourself, but the moment everybody goes away, I don't give I give up, I don't have self-worth, I don't believe in myself, and I don't think that there's things that I can do in my life. Even though there's a past that says, you've done this, you've done this, you're doing this, you're this you were here, now you're here, it still doesn't register. I will still get up the next day with low self-esteem, no self-worth, and no belief in myself. It's just, I don't know what it is that I've been like that since I was, you know, a young kid, and I feel and honestly believe that that's why I take it, and want to fill those holes with everything outside of me, God, and use substances, and, you know, lost sex, whatever it is, to fill that void in my life. Um... Not only that, but I, I hold grudges against myself. I don't, I don't forgive myself. It's something that I do struggle with, you know, a lot. My sponsor's constantly telling me to write letters, you know, forgive yourself. You need to learn how to forgive. Um, and it's something that I struggle with. Um, yeah, I mean, the self-talk and, and the self-esteem is really hard, it truly is. Um, I just want to say that my journey to love, I thought was going to be for her I thought it was going to be for my son. I thought it was going to be for my parents. I thought it was going to be for my coworkers, my job, whatever it was. However, it starts here, you know. Jesus has brought me to a place where I'm by myself, working on myself, learning how to love myself. You know, and that's something that I have never would have thought. You know, I overlooked it. I, I was outside looking at everybody saying, how can I love you guys when I don't even know how to love myself? You know, so... That's where I'm at in my journey. That's where I'm growing. That's what I'm working on today. I just want to say, God bless. I want to say, if no one loves you today, I love you. God loves you, and you are loved. Amen.